You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. I am Justin Van Zuden, aka STL Cardinals 84, as usual, bringing you some golf content alongside Mr. Notorious Derek Farnsworth back at home this week. Uh, we are moving on to the uh, Honda Classic, another uh, event kind of leading up towards the, uh, the, the heart of the spring season on the PGA Tour. Not the strongest field this week, though, but uh, coming off of an event at uh, Riviera that was surprisingly yet another birdie fest and uh, Joaquin Neiman with the wire to wire win. So kudos to him for an absolutely dominant performance uh, last week. So uh, Noto, how you doing? I know you're out in Vegas for the uh, conference last week. So uh, how you bet? I made it back home in one piece. So that's always good when you uh, go out to Vegas. Uh, a lot of fun, you know, got to see a lot of familiar faces, meet some new ones. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. And Wearing my Riv hat again this week because it was the first time in I think years that I got six of six in my main lineup. So uh, I'm hoping <laughs> That's to a carry superstitious thing, <laughs> carry some momentum uh, into this week because yeah, it had been a while. I didn't win anything crazy, but um, to easily cash in your main lineup that always feels good. Had a couple of shots in the big twenty dollar um, heading into Sunday, but you know didn't have any more Akawa in those two, so that kind of hurt me. But uh, yeah, fun tournament. How was your week? Yeah, I mentioned last week that it was going to be a hard week to uh, to narrow down your player pool. The last player cut from my player pool was Neiman uh, last week, which uh, sucked because I play him a lot and uh, just figured, you know, I need to cut one more. He usually doesn't win, uh, and then he goes out and dominates. So uh, I had like 15% 6 of 6 and 40% 5 of 6, so I would have had some shots as well if I would have had some Neiman. Uh, but I did not. So uh, it uh, ended up not being that spectacular, but uh, still overall made a profit with all the six of six lineups, just didn't have enough Neiman in there. So solid week, uh, pretty good core of, of golfers, but uh, was really upset with myself for, for taking Neiman out and leaving probably some other scrub that missed the cut in my play in the player pool instead. But 
Can't win them any, all, right? Did you have any Cam Young? I, I should have I played did him not, and I that, we talked about him on the show too. So uh, that was that was just me not putting him in after we talked about him. So uh, that was a good call. I mean, that was that was you that kind of spearheaded that too. So yeah, I didn't play him either. So uh, <laughs> hopefully somebody did. Uh, we uh, we don't listen to ourselves. Uh, hopefully others did though. It was a good week. Um, had Morikawa as a top five bet and uh, with several like uh, four ball matchups that, uh, that he won uh, and had Adam Scott top 10 as well. we started a new article series on scores and odds. So I'm writing some uh, picks up uh, in article form and uh, hit a couple of uh, plus three sixties in there last week. So perfect. Uh, that worked out pretty well, pretty solid start to that. So we'll see if we can keep that going this week, but uh, you know, it, it was hard to take a ton of takeaways from last week because Neiman just dominated so much. But uh, uh, surprising to see Riviera play as easy as it did. That was one of the things that kind of surprised me. Yeah, for sure. Especially with how firm it was. You know, it seemed like the balls were running the fairways. Uh, some were, you know, bouncing over the greens. But these guys are just getting so good. I don't really know if there's no wind and, you know, no elements. It just seems like they're going to tear apart any course, uh, maybe except for this one this week. <laughs> Yeah, this has played as the toughest par 70 on tour, I believe, the last four years. Uh, of course, uh, we keep saying that we're not going to see these birdie fests, and then we do. But uh, I would be really surprised if we saw another uh, kind of, you know, 15 under, 18 under, 20 under type of score this week. Uh, I think only five guys the last 15 years have made it to double digits under par at this tournament. Uh, it's expected to be pretty windy the first couple of days. And uh, this is just a tough course. So this is the week. This is the week we're not going to see a huge birdie fest. But um, anything else as far as players and results from last week that uh, caught your eye? Uh, not really. I mean, Morikawa was just lights out on the green. I think he gained over seven strokes putting. And usually when that happens, he ends up winning. Um, so he's somebody to keep an eye on, obviously, you know, moving forward. Uh, nothing else notable. I mean, Ches Reeve had like – I think he gained seven or eight strokes around the green. I think he chipped in four or five times, which uh, you don't see very often. So he ended up coming in the top 10 despite losing strokes off the tee and on approach. Um, something you can do at the Honda, but not usually at Riviera. Um, I don't know. Anything else? Uh, maybe the Saudi league kind of seems like it's canceled. Uh, any thoughts there? Yeah, it uh, disappeared as quickly as it uh, came about and all the, uh, uh, Greg Norman jokes were going about on social media. <laughs> Norman can't close on a Sunday, and that's when the news started to, to come down. Uh, Phil's quotes were uh, polarizing, I guess is the best word for that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems like that's kind of much ado about nothing. And if they do end up with something, it's you know it's going to be like a twenty or thirty golfer. And and somebody posted this on Twitter. I don't remember who, but. Uh, basically it'd be like who wants to watch the hero world challenge every week and i you know you just can't the cut sweat is part of what makes the dfs part so great and uh i don't know it just doesn't it doesn't seem like it's gonna grab the massive fan appeal and feels like it would just be a a usfl type flop in my opinion even if they went ahead with it yeah same uh dj kind of felt like the first domino you know he he gave that little uh, speech or whatever out there, um, that statement. And after that, it seemed like one by one, all the guys that were, you know, in the, in the mix of going, you know, kind of, kind of got on board and, you know, back to PGA tour, but yeah, I don't know what Phil's game is. I mean, he was saying he wants leverage on the PGA tour, but then bad mouth in the Saudi league at the same time, it just seemed like he kind of shot himself in the foot there. 
Yeah, and it's not like he's going to be playing on the PGA Tour much longer. So I don't know. This is your defending PGA champion as well. Very strange. <laughs> so weird. Uh, but uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like that's got too much for for sea legs at the moment. So, all right, let's go ahead and transition and uh, start talking about this week. Uh, boy, this field stinks. I, I I know last year it was bad, but they held it the week after the players. So, you know, it kind of made sense, but now like nobody just wants to come back. I, I don't know. Uh, after we saw such a strong field last week, now you're moving all the way across the country to Florida and guys just decided it's a good week maybe to skip out. Uh, but it's bad. This field is really bad. There, there you go. We can end the show now. <laughs> See, I was thinking it was better than uh, I was expecting. So oh, I guess man. expectations are everything. Uh, when you set them low and, and they barely meet the bar, then you feel pretty good. I guess. Uh, that, that, that's a low <laughs> bar, though. That's a low bar that you were seeking. I, I don't know. I guess. And maybe it's because I don't like a whole lot of guys at the top. So, you know, we'll dig into that. But uh, we mentioned tough course this week uh, is played as the toughest par 70 the last four years, um, excluding the majors, obviously. But uh, what do we got uh, staring at us for the first Florida event here? Yeah, so PJ National par 70, just over 7,100 yards. And as you mentioned, it's going to be tough. Um, each of the last four years, you mentioned it being the toughest par 70. Also six of the last nine years. And uh, water's in play on 15 of the 18 holes. You're going to hear the bear trap talked up a lot this week, holes 15, 16, 17. Uh, I think Ryan Palmer is like 200 over par or something crazy like that in his career um, at the bear trap. So, you know, we talk about him going in the water uh, a lot on this show. And yeah, this is one of the reasons why, because, uh, you know, he's consistently uh, bad when there's water around. But um, yeah, if you can get your guys, you know, through those holes, even one over par, you're probably looking pretty good. As far as off the tee goes, the, the fairways are pretty narrow here, 29 yards on average. Um, compared to that to last week, it was 33 yards wide on average. And there's going to be a lot of forced layups. So it's not really a driver-heavy uh, course. But at the same time, um, even with guys you know not hitting a lot of drivers, uh, the fairways are still pretty tough to hit. The greens are tough to hit as well. Um, Scrambling is pretty tough. Uh, the greens themselves, Bermuda grass, pretty average in size. And then my final note of the week is just going to be uh, the wind. The course is very exposed. It's right there on the water, not a ton of trees on the course. And uh, you're going to see some significant you know, wind advantages one way or another if there ends up being a windy afternoon or, or a windy morning. So that's something I'm definitely going to be monitoring this week. Yeah, hopefully we end up getting a, an edge. Um, if you look, I'm, I'm going to pull it up. Um, pull up the weather forecast right now and see what obviously we taped this on Tuesday evening. So uh, we're still low about 36 hours away from the first tee time. So uh, it's pretty hard to get the uh, granular forecast, you know, hourly details just yet. But uh, if we just look at the daily forecast as of right now, um, Thursday is calling for uh, 13 mile an hour winds with gusts over 20. And Friday is calling for about 12 mile an hour winds with gusts a little over 15. So uh, pretty breezy. And that, uh, like you say, the course is pretty exposed. So you will see some, uh, if you see some gustier spots, a couple gustier hours, you are going to see the scores uh, uh, go higher uh, commensurate with that. So uh, agree with keeping an eye on it. Uh, and basically, you know, guys that are, uh, can stay out of the trouble and uh, hit the fairways and greens and, Good on approach as usual. These are the types of courses where they're going to do well. So 
I mentioned I don't like a lot of guys at the top. Uh, we've got five above 10K. We've got him. We've got Ustazen. We've got Neiman. We've got Berger. And we've got Brooks. Um, Berger, that, Berger loves playing in Florida, and this is a great fit for him, but he's not healthy. Uh, you can just tell that he is not right at the moment. Uh, Kepka, it's not a major, and he's always a little bit too expensive. You know, Neiman, after shooting a zillion under par last week, nobody's going to want to play him. And I sure as heck don't want to trust Louie as the second most expensive player on the board. Uh, so that leaves him, who is a winner here two years ago and then eighth last year uh, and seems to really, you know, he's one of those guys that uh, tends to play better on the harder courses. So I like him. He's also going to be the most popular and he's 11K. So I, I just, I, I can't sell myself completely on Louie or Neiman or Berger or Kepka above 10,000. So what the heck do I do? Yeah. Um, it does. It does sound like you're going to be starting a lot of lineups in the nine K's, but uh, I like, uh, I like three guys up here. So see, Sunday... that's why you think the field's not as bad as you expected. And I think it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. That, and like, a, I'm a Jaguars fan. So the, the bar for me is always really low. Um, <laughs> just keep those expectations down, but yeah, so Sung Jay, like you mentioned, he likes hard courses. He likes Florida. Um, he's won here, and I think he won. Did he win another Florida course, or did he back this one up with the second? I can't remember. But, yeah, great course history, pretty good form. Um, you know, he kind of doesn't have a weakness in his game, which always helps on these courses. So he deserves to be number one. I do like Louie. Uh, you talk about a guy that, you know, avoids mistakes until he gets into contention on the back nine. Um, he, over the last 12 months, he's fourth in bogey avoidance in this field. He's one of the better guys around the green. He's also a very good putter and, uh, he's got an excellent track record in Florida. He's got the, the fourth best or fourth most strokes gained on all the Florida courses over the last five years. So I do think he's in play. Um, I might actually tag him up as a core play this week, just because I think you're going to get significant ownership discount, um, over Sung Jay. But I'm with you on Neiman, you know, coming off the win, it kind of felt like if there were five more holes, he wasn't going to hang on last week. And who knows, after coming off the win, you know, who knows if he's out partying, that's what I would be doing um, after winning an event like that, the biggest of his career. And then Brooks just feels too expensive for me. I know he's contended here before, but he's also missed the cut here a number of times. So he's out for me. And then Berger, I'm going to read, you know, the transcripts this week. If he sounds like he's healthy, I don't mind going to him. Uh, FSU guy pretty solid across the board. If he was, you know, before the back injury, he'd probably be the most expensive guy in the field sure. if, if, you know, he was right. So no issue with Berger, assuming, you know, we get some decent quotes out of him. Yeah. I was looking before the show to see, you know, Hey, you can play him and you can uh, do a hedge by betting him to miss the cut, but I uh, did not see those odds on uh, DraftKings or FanDuel on uh, Berger to miss the cut. Uh, as of the time we came on. So uh, maybe they're just withholding those until we get a more concrete update. But um, I probably will play some Louis this week, even though I don't love, I, I don't play him a whole lot. My anti Louis, he's going to withdraw bias tends to kick in, but uh, given that uh, I'm definitely not playing Brooks uh, and we'll wait and see on burger. I'll probably end up with some Louis this week, but I don't love it. Uh, I think Sung Jay is clearly the play up there. And uh, we'll probably be starting a lot of lineups in the 9K range, which unfortunately is not uh, the, the most amazing either. Like I'm as big of a Keith Mitchell fan as anyone and have been in the past. But if you would have told me that Keith Mitchell was going to be $9,100 and 20% owned uh, at some point, you know, this early in 2022, I would have told you you were crazy. So 
uh, that just goes to to show you the strength of uh, of this field. You know, it's uh, it's just a little a little hit or miss uh, when you start to to go down the ranges a little bit, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to stall for time to uh, to fill the the, the forty five to fifty minutes that we usually get to because uh, it's going to get pretty ugly when we get down to the value range. But uh, what do we do with Fleetwood at ninety nine hundred? Let's give him his own segment. Potential Saudi tour candidate. Tommy Fleetwood. So he's been playing pretty well overseas, uh, coming off of a T12 and a T8 his last two times out. He's played here twice, T4, T3. Um, he had a chance to win it in 2020. Uh, he came up to the last hole. I think he needed a birdie to force a playoff and hit in the water, and that's just going to happen when you're you know, going for that tucked pin on, on that part five. So I like him. Um, I just the last three years, he's been so bad anytime he comes over and plays over here. And then he goes to the European tour and just crushes. So that worries me a little bit, but he seems to like Florida golf more than any of the other regular stops on the PGA tour. So I get it. Uh, I think he'll be more popular than the 13%. And if not, then, then I'm definitely on board. Uh, do you have any takes on him? Yeah, I, I kind of like him. I just think, you know, when you, compare his talent to the guys are you know that are priced around him and the fact that like horschel is going to be double the ownership because he's a florida guy uh, mitchell's going to be double the ownership and we've only got fleetwood at 12 or 13 um you know i see grades out fairly well in your model too i, I just think that uh, and i think he's i don't have it up right now but like fourth and third here the last two times he's played um yep. and he's only played in even years so it's a you know, it's a Bubba thing. It's an even year yeah. thing that Fleetwood wants to play here. Uh, so it doesn't seem to really be any rhyme or reason as to when he actually does play here, but uh, the results are pretty solid. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm in on Fleetwood. I mean, I don't like a lot of the 10K guys, so I got to like somebody. So that's that's my guy. Um, played Horschel a couple weeks ago. I mean, he's been, been playing better, but to me, Horschel is the guy that you you can just – you can fade when he's chalky, and that's – for that salary, that's a little too chalky for me. So I think I'm out on Horschel. Uh, you got Lowry, Norin, Wolf, Mitchell, and Matt Jones rounding out that Nike range. Anybody else you like in there? Yeah, see, I don't love this range. You mentioned it, you know, Horschel being expensive and popular is kind of a tough pill to swallow. The same goes for Keith Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell's been on fire, uh, no doubt about it. Four top 12s in his last five starts. He's obviously got a win here. And in those last five starts, he's gained at least three and a half strokes ball striking, you know, in four of them. So everything's kind of lining up for Mitchell. But like you mentioned, I mean, 9,100 is a lot, 21% is a lot. Um, I do think he's discounted on Yahoo at $30. So if you want to play him over there, I certainly don't mind that. And the rest of the guys in the range, I mean, Lowry's interesting. He's got four straight top 25s overseas. He's three for three here. Norrin's uh, a lot like McKenzie Hughes and that he's like a short game specialist um, that it can work here as long as you can avoid the water. Um, it's okay if you miss the greens and he's kind of one of those guys that can gain a bunch on and around the greens. So I don't mind looking at him in tournaments and Wolf. I, I don't know what to do with Wolf. It just doesn't seem like he's played a ton, ton in Florida over the years. And I, I don't know. He's so wild off the tee at times that that scares me. Yeah, in his last uh, two tournaments, he's had rounds of 74 and 78. So uh, when it goes bad for him, he can put up some big numbers, and it's, that scares me a little too much. I think I'm out on Wolf as well. Uh, I'd take a shot with the guys that are a little more steady. I mean, not that I've got any special 
fascination with Lowry or Norin, but uh, they tend to keep it out of trouble a little bit more. Lowry's had a couple top 25s over there on the Euro Tour. So um, yeah, I think Lowry would be my other choice in here outside of, uh, of Fleetwood, but it's not a, a ringing endorsement by any means. Lots of guys that, you know, uh, these guys that played in Abu Dhabi and Dubai, like they just decided to come when the Florida swing hit and skip California uh, seems like. So we're going to, you're going to see some guys uh, like Lowry and Fleetwood and some others that uh, haven't played a whole lot on the PGA tour lately, uh, maybe even since, you know, early fall or, or late summer um, that, uh, that, that they're popping up again here uh, for the Florida swing. So um, anything else in the nine K's I'm with you on Wolf. Not really. Uh, just one more point on Lowry, very good win player. You know, we saw him win the open championship. So uh, I think that's another Feather in his cap. Uh, Anon 1983 in the chat says, you know, is Brooks too talented to fade? We can just lock him in and then I'll send him nasty tweets and that'll fire him up. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, that's, the, maybe that's the key. <laughs> we can all bombard him and get blocked. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's a blocker or not. The only PGA Tour golfer I am blocked by is Grayson Murray. So shout out to him. Um, if you want to chat with us, uh, Roto Grinders, free Discord rotogrinders.com backslash discord will uh, get you in you can join the live stream chat uh, channel in the rotogrinders discord and uh, you can chat with us during the show uh, you don't have to be a premium member to uh, to access that channel there are some premium channels but you can get in the live stream chat channel and uh, and, and talk along with us during the show if you're interested grinders.com backslash discord also, uh, promo code GRINDERS on uh, Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com or download their app, uh, and you can get 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks with your first deposit on Prize Picks. So uh, check them out as well while you're at it. All right, let's move down to the, uh, the 8K range. Uh, Mito made me feel bad last week after not playing him and uh, came up with the top 15. So... Back on track uh, for Mito, that was a pretty impressive performance. At a course, he didn't have a lot of history, obviously. doesn't on a lot of these uh, courses on the PGA Tour, but maybe seeing Neiman win. You got a countryman there, and uh, Mito Pereira, I think, uh, don't mind hopping back aboard that uh, train at, at 8,900. Some might be scared away uh, with him being a, a little bit expensive there, but, again, it's all relative. I mean, Patrick Reed was in the 7Ks last week, didn't exactly light the world on fire, uh, missed another cut, six over par, and now he's 8,800. So, uh, again, all relative to the field. Uh, you got uh, you got a mix of kind of veterans that have been slumping a little bit and uh, maybe guys that are on the rise, younger guys that are on the rise, like uh, Young, who you mentioned earlier, uh, and Mito, and, you know, and maybe a few others in here. So, interesting mix of uh, vets and, uh, and young rising players in this 8K range. Uh, anything stand out to you? Amito's yeah, stats, man, I don't understand them at all. So when he first came on tour, he was like the best ball striker on the PGA Tour. He had a stretch where he was gaining over five strokes every single week. And then uh, ever since, you know, the start of the, the new swing season um, in November, it's just been all putting. Uh, he's gained at least two strokes putting in five of his last six, and he's gained at least 1.4 in all those six. So I don't know if he's a good ball striker. I don't know if he's a good putter. I don't know if regression is going to hit one way or the other, whether when it comes to the ball striking or the putting. So I don't know. For now, I'm just going to be off a of Mito. 
Patrick Reed, he's lost off the tee in 10 straight, lost on approach in eight of nine. I think we can cross him off. I'll have a sprinkle of uh, my main man, Brian Harmon. Um, his ball striking has been a little bit better recently. Uh, but my favorite play by far is Johnny Vegas. Like he's gained off the tee pretty much uh, every event that he plays in. Um, his approach numbers have gotten really good over the last six months. He's 11th in this field, strokes gained approach. The proximity numbers from the ranges that I looked at for the week, he's top 15 no matter what time frame you're looking at. And he's got a really good course history. So he's by far my favorite play uh, at 8,500. Yeah, I think this range, this range, you're going to see ownership spread out a little bit. Um, I mean, we got Wise, Hughes, uh, we've got Young, we've got Harmon, we've got Mito, kind of all in that 10 to 15 percent range. So, uh, I think you can kind of mix and match these guys. Nobody stands out as a glaring, obvious misprice, and really, we're not going to see a ton of chalk. Um, probably under, you know, nine thousand. It's all going to be spread out a little bit, just because uh, you, you kind of can play the angles there. Um, and nobody's going to stand out as an elite play in, in kind of a weaker field. So, um, so that, and that also brings up a point where I think this is a week where maybe you can do something a little crazy in your lineups because a scoring isn't going to be as high in theory, uh, with the, the weather. Um, so, you know, you can play it a little bit more boomer bust and the field has got a lot of inconsistent players in it. So, I have not played him in like six months. I've asked you if he's any good anymore, and he's probably not. But I'm going to play some Gary Woodland this week, and that's probably dumb, but uh, but here we are. So uh, give me Woodland at 8,200 as your YOLO GPP flyer. Uh, did make the cut at the Farmers a couple of weeks ago. Missed the cut in Phoenix. But uh, I don't know. He's got he's always been a solid golfer in Florida, and I'm just not ready to call him completely washed. So uh, am I nuts? I mean, he's eight of eight here, three top tens, uh, but he's also missed eight of his last 12 cuts. So classic. Something's uh, got to give. Yeah. Classic form versus uh, course history. I was going to bring this up. Did you see the video of Patrick Reed pulling something out of his pocket to rub on his club? I did not. Oh, at the Genesis last week. Uh, at least it looks like that's what he's doing. He holds it right up next to his uh, right up next to his pocket, and he kind of wipes something on it. I don't know. Huh. At this point, it's hard to give him the benefit of the doubt, but right. it just looks strange. I don't know what you would put on your club. I don't really know what would help in that situation. But it's interesting. I'm gonna have to try to find that now. Anyway, other guys I like in this range. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes always seems to play well on Bermuda, one of the better putters in the world. Uh, I think you can build like a scramblers lineup with Noren, Hughes, Poulter, those kind of type of golfers that as long as they stay out of the water, I think they're going to be fine because they can scramble so well and you don't have to make you know a ton of birdies to contend here. Aaron Wise is interesting. He's kind of let us down three weeks in a row, but three of three here, T13 here last year. And then, yeah, I don't know what to do with Woodland. Uh, I don't know what to do with Russell Knox either. I think so. Knox has like the best record in the Bear Trap. Palmer has the worst record in the Bear Trap. Yet somehow Palmer plays way better than him at this tournament every year. So I don't, that's kind of weird. But um, Bazootenhouse is going to be my favorite by far at AK. Always play him on these shorter tracks. He's made 29 of his last 31 cuts worldwide. And he's just, he's just so much better uh, when you get him on Bermuda, when you get him on these short tracks. 
Yeah, totally agree. Like him as well. Um, I'll probably go back to Wise a little bit too. I've played him the last few weeks. Um, he's always a roller coaster and you know, miscut in a 67th. Not really much to write home about there. But like I say, I think this is a week to embrace a little bit of variance in this range. You know, Cameron Young's not going to be fantastic every week. Um, you know, maybe you're maybe it's Patrick Reed for some of you out there, or, or you know, it's uh, uh Taylor Moore at 7,900 or whatnot. But um, for me, I, I like Wise. I like Woodland as the YOLO plays in this range. I think Bazootenhout is pretty safe. Um, you know, I, I don't really have a strong opinion on Knox either, but uh, he'll probably – Knox is I – I can tell you right now that Knox is going to come down to be one of those last few guys, whether he's in or out of my player pool. And so I'll, I'll X him out and then he'll – <laughs> I don't think be, he's going to go wire to wire. I, I would be shocked if he did, but uh, yeah, he'll also be one of the last three guys by the cut, by the cut line. <laughs> Ian Palmer. Uh, they'll be hanging out yeah. together. Um, <laughs> all right. Anything else in the AKs that we missed? Nothing else for me. All right. Let's move down into the next range. It'll start to move pretty fast here because the field gets weaker. Uh, but uh, CT pan uh, showed up. Uh, last week with a ninth place finish after a pretty brutal stretch uh he's got some history here on these uh, tracks as well so at 7700 i think he stands out a little bit uh you mentioned palmer i don't mind playing him i uh, think that price is pretty respectable for uh for him in this field the scrambler like Fowler or like uh, polter not Fowler. Fowler, yes uh, <laughs> polter at 76 he, he and, and uh, Fowler are, are the same prices but uh, your thoughts on kind of the upper end of the 7K range? Well, believe it or not, I didn't bump up Ricky Fowler at all, and he rates out like the same value as his price. So the model well, see, doesn't. See, that tells you all it. you need to know about the field. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I was thinking that maybe uh, this course is special or something. I mean, he does have a win here, uh, some other good finishes. I might, I might keep him in the player pool this week. He made the cut, you know, last week. Maybe <laughs> – I don't know why I do this to myself. It, it never works, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, I agree on Palmer. I'll have a little bit of him. The back-to-back miscuts will help keep that ownership down. Uh, Lee Westwood was one of the names, you know, rumored to go to the Saudi league. So now that he doesn't have that big check coming, he might have to, you know, put together some good finishes here on the PGA Tour. We saw what he did in Florida last year, a couple second-place finishes at, I think it was API and the players. Um so I think he's interesting at 7,800. We have him pegged at 3% ownership. He's been playing pretty decent overseas, three straight top 35s. So I think he's interesting at low ownership. Uh, Denny McCarthy coming off of the miscut when he was chalk. I think it's a good time to bounce or to hop back on him. T3 here last year. Um, he was in great form before that miscut. Have a little interest in Cage Lee. He's been playing some really good golf, and I haven't played him once during that stretch. And then another guy I wanted to talk to you about, um, Hodgegaard. Do you, is this Rasmus's brother? Do you know? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not that familiar. I've seen him mentioned a few places this week, but you're not getting him at a discount. Not getting him at a discount. Um, he recently won overseas, but he missed three cuts in his last four events. So um, I think he's missed five of eight. Missed five of eight. Cuts. Also has a fourth in there. So, hey, if you want a YOLO play, it's not Ricky Fowler, I guess. <laughs> I can't fault anyone this week. You get, you can throw whatever off the wall play you want. I, I pegged Woodland. So um, I just, uh, I can't uh, throw shade at anybody for anything after doing that, but That's maybe good question. We, should, can. we should see if Wesley's wife's on the bag. I don't know. Does that help him or 
because he was pretty good with her. On yeah, he played well. He, I think it's a, I think it's a help based on the way he played when, uh, when she was. I, I don't know if that was just like a on and off thing, whether when she was caddying for him or if it was a full time thing for a while. I can't remember now. Yeah, at least he uh, doesn't have to give her ten percent since she already gets <laughs> half of it. That's right. Uh, at least. All right. Uh, twin, twin brothers for Rasmus and Nikolai. Well, they both came in with some fanfare. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a little overblown for my taste. All those missed cuts on the Euro Tour. Uh, this is a step up, even though it's a weak field. I, I think I'm out. If he was like in the 6Ks, I'd be in. But I think 7,600, I'd pass. Yeah, wait and see for me too. All right, let's move to the lower end of the 7K range. I do think we have some interesting plays down here. Uh, I think Sig is interesting uh, quietly since uh, the start of the calendar year. He's made four cuts in a row. Nothing spectacular for finishes, but nothing worse than 42nd. Uh, Aaron Rye we've seen pop a few times. Uh, so I think those are a couple guys that are interesting in the lower end of the 7Ks. Uh, who you got in here? I like Aaron Rye as well. Um, no issue with him. I think Chris Kirk is interesting. It looks like he's going to be pretty popular, but guy that plays well on shorter tracks coming off of a T14. The T to green numbers have been really good, even when he's missed a cut recently. And historically, he's been you know pretty good with the short game. So I like him as 7,500. Uh, Seb Straka is kind of one of my um, contrarian plays of the week. He hasn't been in the most consistent form, but he's got a couple top 20s recently. Um, he's played well here the last two years. Uh, I don't mind Charles Howell, Chucky three sticks. Um, he's played here, I think, 12 straight years, made 10 of those cuts. Um, he had been playing a little bit better and suddenly missed a cut his last time out. So don't mind going back there. And then, man, I mean, some really like old guys, but Brendan Stills played well here in the past. Zach Johnson's played well here in the past. Sam Ryder. I don't know what to do with any of these guys. Yeah, Zach Johnson would theoretically be the fit, but his stats have been really bad. Um, took a couple looks through there and thought thought better of it. Yeah, this is interesting because it's you either got the the veterans that have really stunk or the young guys that you don't necessarily want to trust on this type of course, like Pendrith and Smalley and like I think those guys are interesting long shots, but it's hard to say that you know you feel confident about any of them. Yeah, this could be a bad take, but I'm avoiding all the KFT graduates. Uh, I mean, the step up in competition and now you're getting the harder courses, it just seems like uh, their results are all kind of telling off now. Yeah, I think, I mean, that does have some merits, I think. Um, I, I don't really love anybody else above 7,000. Uh, I think 6,900, you know. Patrick Rogers is really cheap and uh, don't, uh, the form, I guess, three missed cuts in a row, but. Uh, <laughs> the chat's asking us to help them with this value range, and we're just like, ugh, I don't know. It stinks, <laughs> yeah, it just does. That's why I said the field is terrible. Um, I do like Patrick Rogers at 6,900. I know the field's bad, or I know the uh, form is bad, like many others, uh, but he does tend to play here every year, and uh, he's got some solid results, and he's only 6.9K. I think he's 90 to one to win also. I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on that. So uh, there's a, there's a reasonable ceiling there. Like you're not getting a ceiling, much of a ceiling with guys like Shank and Hubbard and, you know, Streelman and those guys these days. So uh, Rogers checks the box that he's at least not the uh, first timer. He's got plenty of history here and uh, maybe the switch to Florida will get him back in gear. So uh, there you go. Still feeling the burn from him last week. 
<laughs> got off to the good start. He had the great course history, so I played him round two showdown and in a lot of lineups, and he just tanked on Friday. So, when in doubt, you can always play Doug Gim. So he's there at sixty eight hundred. But I like Rogers this week. I haven't been burned. Haven't played him in a while, so uh, maybe that's just the uh, that feeling kicking in. But uh, you like anybody in the upper six Ks to make the people feel better? Uh, so the chat's talking up Doug Gim, your boy um, Schwab. <laughs> I can never I go think wrong. Is interesting. With uh, Mark Hubbard, I think, is certainly a guy that you could look to. Um, he played well. I think he played pretty well at Pebbles last time out. So I don't mind looking at him. Um, I like Kramer Hickok at 6,800, a guy that always plays well on Bermuda. He's kind of turned into a, a Bermuda specialist. He's got two top 30s here. Uh, JT Poston's a guy that I don't mind um, putting in your MME lineups. He's got some good course history, some good putting splits on Bermuda. And then... Don't have a lot until we get to to the very bottom. Oh, you got some very bottom, like like six k bottom. Sixty two hundred. Sixty two hundred. Let me see if I can guess. Sixty two hundred. Yeah. Oh man, there's a lot of bad players down here. Oh man, uh, it's not uh, it's it's not Duffner, is it? Daddy Duff, let's go. <laughs> is that it? That's it. Good All call. right, first guess. So, I mean, same exact story as Gary Woodland. He's missed four That's or five fair. cuts, and he's made he's made 13 straight cuts here. 6,200. Maybe he knows the greens here. He know, doesn't know them anywhere else, but he knows them here. Something. I mean, he's he 2,000 cheaper than Woodland, and he's probably not any worse <laughs> than Woodland these days, so might as well get the, get the cheaper guy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, by the way, Tyler Duncan did withdraw this afternoon. Make sure you don't put him in your lineups. And now I'm forgetting who replaced him, but I'm not sure if we'll get that uh, player in full week contest or not. Hang on. We got to find it now. Um, uh, Duncan, oh, Seifert uh, replaced him, and he, DraftKings did add him right away. Did you see that there was a 15-for-1 playoff for the uh, Monday qualifiers? No, the Monday, wow. the, the final Monday qualifier spot was a 15-player tie for one spot no way and uh it's crazy they had to finish this morning because there was a 15-way tie and i think they did a decided to try to do it um with a par five was, now i gotta go. was it the Wyndham where they had the six-way with kisner and uh they had all mall go on the off, off at the same time was that the Wyndham? The that playoffs? sounds right that, what if they had all 15 of those guys tee off the same hole that'd be great so it was uh cypher was in the playoff uh, and then was in that 16 for one playoff and missed uh, and then got the call that he was replacing Tyler Duncan um, because he was the first alternate. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Rick Lamb, Rick Lamb was the one guy, it was a 16 for one playoff and uh, Rick Lamb made an Eagle on a par five. He was the only one of the 16 to make Eagle. So he got the last spot. Uh, that's pretty cool. 16 way tie. Imagine that. And you had to know you had to go for Eagle with it being a playing a par five. And uh, he was the guy that got it. So he's in the field. He's 6K. You're rooting for this too. Anything else kind of in the, we skipped the mid 6K ranges to to go down the Duffner there. But I mean, this is littered with a lot of the Corn Ferry Tour grads that uh, are the shirtless Harry Higgs. I mean, it's, it's pretty ugly. 
Yeah, the model likes Ryan Armour at 6,600, Andrew Novak, Hayden Buckley, Max McGreevy, and Matthew Neesmith, if you need cheap guys. But I don't, I don't feel great about any of them. Yeah, I always end up playing a little Neesmith. And he made the cut last week, but uh, he hasn't shown much. Like, you're not going to find an absolute gem of a diamond in the rough down here. Because if you did, that player did. would be – Duffner, baby. <laughs> like I said, you're not going to find an absolute gem of a diamond in the rough down here because that person would be like 25% owned, but you can take some shots on guys that, uh, you know, maybe if you're into the course history, um, Duffner probably makes a little more sense than Woodland to be frank because of the salaries, but um, you know gonna, me, I'll just end up on Gim. I'm, so I'm going to play around with uh, Sungjae, Louis Duffner team. It's going to be great. You could do the all, uh, a few of the guys you mentioned, I, I was debating bringing up. You could do the all Saudi league team uh, and, and get you know, Westwood and Poulter and uh, all those guys on there. But uh, I was going to ask, do you know where uh, Ocala, Florida is in relation yes. to Palm Beach? Is it close? Uh, no, well, I don't know the map, but I just know of Ocala. Because, uh, you know, the, the the worry with Louie is always that, you know, he doesn't have his mattress with him and that his back's hurting. But he's, he bought that big ranch in Ocala. So, so he can. So, uh, so hopefully he can sleep in his own bed. We're doing the real time here. Ocala, Florida. Google Maps is coming through for us on the fly. Of course, there's probably somebody listening that's from Florida, but that can just tell us. Uh, unfortunately for you, though, it's a, it's a three and a half hour drive. So that's probably a little steep to do every night. His back might tighten up on the way. <laughs> <laughs> well there goes that theory <laughs> he's got a u-haul bringing the uh, the mattress to him um that's the hard-hitting analysis that this field brings us this week uh let's see there are a million guys that live in orlando or palm beach so or jupiter so yeah the southeast uh narr- home game narrative you can usually end up listing off half the field uh maybe using a tie break scenario or something like that but ricky <laughs> You talked yourself into Ricky. I've talked myself into Woodland. We'll see who wins heads up between. They both miss the cut. They're both like plus eight. Uh, we'll see. I don't mind Armor or, uh, you know, Hubbard if you're looking for somebody safe down there. Probably good to get you a made cut. But I think in this tournament with the scoring and theory probably being tough, uh, especially in GPPs, you take your shots on some boomer bust guys. So, all right, with that, we've somehow gone over 50 minutes. I didn't expect that tonight. That is A+. plus uh taking up the, the the clock so we did it and uh the field strength should start to slowly ramp up as we get into march so next week uh will be the first week of march with the arnold palmer well which tends to have a, a a pretty strong field and then uh we've got let's see so a week before yeah the, the arnold palmer is next week and then the players the week after uh, so we'll have a couple of weeks with Wait. some very strong fields for sure. So uh, also a reminder, set your lineups early, especially if you're on the, uh, you know, mountain time or West coast time, you're getting up at four in the morning, five in the morning. If you want to check those lineups now with the, uh, the switch to Florida. So uh, just make sure you don't have that dummy lineup in there with uh, you used to be in lock at, you know, nine, 10 o'clock, something like that. So uh, that's it. We're going to call it uh, a show here for you tonight. For Noto, I'm Justin. Thanks to our producer, Steve, as well. And we wish you all the best of luck this week. Take care, and we'll see you next week.